This presentation of the USA CBD Conference is brought to you by IndustryPods.com in conjunction with Immortal, a well-being beverage company, bringing you Immortal Nitro Super Coffee and now Immortal Super Immunity Shot with Hemp Extra. All is well at Immortal.com. That's I-M-M-O-R-D-L.com. All right. How you guys doing this afternoon? You good? My man, I thought you'd bring more than that. You good? You guys over here, you good? My red shirt friend, you good? Let's rock. Uh, welcome. We're excited that you guys are here for day two. USA CBD Expo continues here in Las Vegas. Uh, there's some cool announcements I want to make because there's actually uh, some booths trying to hook you up, some companies trying to get you some goodies. Uh, our friends at WEMP, the exciting smart vending company, running a contest to give away one new machine to one lucky business. You got a business card, drop it in at booth 442 for your shot to win. Now, if you look to your left, there's a bed right there. That's a ZBD bed. It's the world's first CBD-infused mattress, and they're giving away a queen-size mattress valued at $1,200. Stop by the booth. It's 305. Find out how you can win that. Uh, as we move on, you're learning a ton at the main stage, and that's going to continue uh, with our friends covering all things CBD and your furry friends. This panel includes Bob Allen. He's the president of U.S. operations at Celtic Wind Crops. Uh, also, Zach Pilosoff, president at Human Excelsior, and Angela Ordolino is the founder and CEO at CBD Dog Health. Welcome to the stage, guys. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. I'm assuming that many of you here in the audience know a lot about CBD, and you want to learn a little bit about how it can help your pet. Am I right? Yes? Raise your hand. Yep. Okay, good. Well, we're here to tell you everything you need to know about CBD and your pets. Um, my name is Angela Ardolino. I discovered the medicine in 2015 for myself when I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and didn't want to take the prescription meds that caused lymphoma. And that's when I found the medicine and it completely changed my life. Not only did my joint pain go away, my stress and anxiety went down and I knew that I needed to be involved in this industry. I then went to the University of Vermont School of Medicine who had an inaugural program which I was invited to attend and learned everything you could possibly imagine about the cannabis plant, including its therapeutic uses and biology. That's where I found out that animals have the same system as we do, and I already own a rescue farm and a retail uh, dog boarding daycare business and grooming. So I knew that this was my two passions that I could bring together, cannabis and dogs, and I started in 2016, I went to look for a product for my pets, and one didn't exist, so I created one. But more than anything, I'm an educator with these other two fine people right here, and we are going to tell you a little bit about the medicine. I guess we're going to share this microphone right here, and we're going to tell you a little bit about how it works in animals, why it works in animals, some of the benefits. Um, some of the things that it's been proven to already help our pets with, like seizures, cancer, 
arthritic pain, hip dysplasia, just about anything that you can possibly think of. So I'm going to come over here and join the table with my other experts and continue. Hello. Ooh, I like that one better. I don't have to bend over. Um, so as I just said, animals have the same system as we do called the endocannabinoid system. The good thing about dogs, which I'm going to assume that most of you are here for your dogs. Raise your hand if you have a dog. Cool. And a cat? Pig? Chickens? It works on every animal, just like it does on us. But dogs have twice to, they don't even know how, but they have so many more receptors than we do, the medicine works really well. They're so sensitive to it. So a full spectrum product with that little 0.3% THC works wonders on animals. I have stopped seizures and geriatric dogs. I've had paralyzed dogs get up and walk again. I just saved my first donkey who was going to be put down because of colic, ran over and got the dog tincture, it was my neighbor's donkey, put it on the lips, uh, on its gums, up in eight hours, poop, back to normal. So this medicine works just as well on our beloved animals as it does on us. Dogs have three layers of skin. They have both CB1 and CB2 receptors in each layer of skin. That means you put on a full-spectrum nano-emulsified product, salve, on a tumor or a bump or a lump or an irritation, and it will get rid of it. I've done it hundreds of times. I've gotten rid of grapefruit-sized tumors on labs tests, mast cell tumors on their backs. I watched one die in two months right in front of my face. It was disgusting. It oozed. I watched it. You put it on a a papilloma tumor, and it looks like you've burned it. You'll start seeing it turn black and die right in front of your face. And this is just a full-spectrum hemp product. It's amazing. Um, I don't want to keep on talking. I want to... This man right here is doing wonderful things in industrial hemp and making um, products out of it, like dog beds. Um, at my shop, we sell leashes, harnesses, dog beds. Uh, you'll see there's mattresses here, and the benefits of those, I wanted you to talk a little bit about that. Okay, thank you, Angela. Um, as Angela mentioned, you know, everyone is here, and the main thing they want to hear about is CBD. However, when you look at, if you're growing industrial hemp, there is a vast use for the, the entire plant. Our company is 100% sustainable. Uh, this past year, we took 1,640 ton of carbon out of the atmosphere with our crop. And we used the, um, the stock for the fibers for bedding, human and animal. And the benefit with that is that it, it absorbs the moisture and it's hypoallergenic. And, you know, we provide the bedding for some very prominent people for their horses in the UK. And we're also working with a zoo in the United States to provide bedding for their great gorillas because they tend to have allergic reactions to straw and, and the other type of bedding that they provide in zoos. So they're looking uh, to try our, our hemp uh, stock. And, you know, the, the other benefits of it is from an uh, environmental perspective 
is that the, the herd of the stock can also be used for hempcrete to create walls in housing, countertops, and it probably will be a replacement for plastic in the future, which I think everyone will agree is good news. Um, so, you know, we're very proud of the fact that, you know, our, our plants are the type of species that grow 12 feet tall so that we're able to not only produce CBD, but also provide the bedding and the hempcrete uh, to, to help with uh, animals and the environment. And hemp is um, naturally antifungal, antibacterial. So I live in Florida and I'm on a lake, so my dogs, I don't know, you know what a stinky collar smells like. It's disgusting. When it's a hemp collar, it does not smell. It never deteriorates. You have it for a lifetime. So all these, you guys would be surprised how many dogs are allergic to nylon. And that's what most leashes and harnesses are made out of. So making hemp products, for instance, we have a carrier, you'll see Blanche right here in her sling. That's a hemp denim. It was so hard to find a hemp product, but I knew if I get that and she slobbers or she's dirty, it's not gonna stink if it gets wet, if something happens. So not only is it an unbelievable medicine, but it's also the most unbelievable fiber also. Yes, it is. And as you mentioned about the, the endocannabinoid system, the, the e ECS actually, um, it creates a homeostasis for the, the body, okay, and it, through a network of receptors, okay, most notably in the, the um, immune system and central nervous system. The, the two receptors, the CB1, is primarily found in the brain and in the central nervous system, system but it's also found in blood vessels, in the, um, uh, um, everywhere. No, it's everywhere. <laughs> no, but the, the, the blood vessels, digestive tract, and in the reproductive organs. And it's also the most abundant receptor in the body. The other receptor is the CB2 receptor. And that receptor is mostly found in the immune cells, but is also found in the digestive tract, in um, the uh, muscles, and in the brainstem, okay? And they work, the, the cannabinoids work like a, with the uh, receptors, like a lock and key, okay? So they, they need each other. And, you know, the CBD doesn't bind directly to the receptors, but it activates um, the receptors to, to work to help create the balance in the body with, with things such as pain suppression, inflammation, temperature. Uh, so, you know, the, the CBD is becoming a, a huge benefit for humans and pets. And as Angela said, dogs have the most receptors in their brain of any animal, including humans. I, we just, I was in an event last night and I met a man who treated his two-year-old dog um, with a Rich Simpson oil, RSO, for bone cancer. And he had six months to live and it's been a year and a half. So dogs react to this medicine so well. It is amazing, it is a lifesaver. I'm the crazy cannabis lady in Florida where all the vets or the clients who aren't ready to give up on their pet, they send them over to me and I have nothing to lose and I literally take them off all their prescription meds, I wean them, 
And then I do a full cannabis, um, I just, everything I treat him, whether it's a tumor, whether it's seizures, and I have cured every single dog. I've improved, I've watched dogs go from having complete dementia, you know, getting lost in corners and barking, to making eye contact. We start calling them Benjamin Button because you can literally see them start running again, start playing again, becoming puppy-like, and you can see they're not in pain. And when you get, we all know what it feels like to be in pain. And when that pain goes away, everything else goes, goes back to normal. So just like he said, it's responsible for bringing our body to homeostasis so that our body can heal itself. Do we have to make some changes? If you had a dog with pancreatitis or some sort of disease and we bring them back to normal, we still have to see what actually caused that pancreatitis. So you may have to do a diet change or add a, additional supplements into your dog's diet, but it will save your dog's life. And we have a vet sitting next to us here who is an expert and has been using the medicine. How long have you been using the medicine now? Yeah, so, so uh, you know, the first thing to, to really harp on is basically why am I sitting here at a table uh, in front of a large group of people and not sitting with any one of you in my practice uh, is because of just the fact of what you just mentioned is that right now, uh, passively frustrating in this industry to be a veterinarian because the overlying agencies in which give you the license to you know, help creatures and to assist in creating quality of life at a maximal level throughout the entire period of their existence is the same entity right now which is limiting exactly my ability to do what I want to do with the medicine that we know subjectively is working across the entire world. And so, you know, to hear something like that, it's, there's a two-sided approach. Number one, it's encouraging as a veterinarian that's practicing right now to hear something like that and get excited that we have these anecdotal reports of hundreds of thousands that I hear every single day that I wish I could do something about more than I can, but at the same time, it continues to solidify the fact that what my abilities are as a practicing veterinarian in my practice specifically is still limited. And so these opportunities today, tomorrow, and in the future where we can talk about this and we can work together with ideas where, you know, Andrew is working outside of the veterinary field to do what the veterinarian should be able to do can help them promote evolution in my industry as well. And while we're in that transition period, essentially what it does is it gives opportunity for collaboration, like I said, to be able to work with results that you're seeing and then take on the fact of combining Western and, and then alternative-based, complementary-based medicine to create a global medicine approach that we are hopefully going to be able to take full advantage of in the future. But to answer your question, no, right now, at least unless you're in the state of California, the ability to do anything beyond discussing the benefits and potential uses of cannabis in a really applicable form is limited for every veterinarian out there. And I'm sure that there are a lot of examples of people going to their veterinarian and looking for guidance and for help to see where can something where they're hearing subjective reports from maybe their neighbors or they're hearing it in a magazine, they're hearing it from someone who is a specialist in the application of cannabis that's not a veterinarian looking for specific guidance as well from someone in the medical field. But right now, that is not an opportunity we have at hand. And so we need to work strategically and smartly to be able to answer that question in terms of what can I say and what can I not say to help everyone out there really benefit the use of cannabis for both themselves and for their pets. And so, you know, it's hard to answer that question because objectively as a veterinarian, I have not used it once, but subjectively in terms of helping people on a neutral platform as an endocannabinoid physiology specialist, 
that talks to them on, a, you know, on the side of the street, at a barbecue, et cetera, that's a completely different environment, and I can say what I want there and help out and guide. But when it comes to actually being your veterinarian, I'm still extremely limited in every single aspect of the use of cannabis. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's hard not to get passionate about that in the moment. It's a force that we have to use in order to drive ourselves for evolution in this space specifically. But when we see all these companies that are making pet products and we're seeing people say, I use this product and it works, it's just a guiding force to say that in the future, potentially, I can say as well that I'm using the medicine myself to help clients, to help patients, to help quality of life, to help the human-animal bond and go forth from there in the future. This is a very special vet because veterinarians are not taught about the endocannabinoid system. It does not exist. They don't even get taught about it. So when a vet goes outside and educates him or herself, it is a big deal. So thank you very much. I'm from Florida also, and we are on a tour actually called the Healing Naturally Tour, where we've traveled all of California and Nevada interviewing vets who've been using the medicine secretly for 20 years and fought to make it um, put into law that they could actually speak about it in their practice because the California Vet Board said, you're not allowed to talk about it. So you could come in and ask your vet about it, and they were not allowed to say anything. That's different now. Now they're allowed to talk about it. Next is they're, going, they're fighting to have them recommend it and then eventually be able to prescribe it. And what we're hoping for, I'm, I'm assuming you're the same way, is the products that I sell have 0.3% THC in them. You need more THC when you're dealing with major issues, and that's where vets should come in. And vets should be able to be educated and be able to recommend and prescribe a THC regimen to save your pet from something awful or painful like bone cancer. It is extremely painful. So we actually just met with two vets that fought to get that um, law put into place here in California and are going to actually take the blueprint and bring it to states like Florida and New York or other medical states so that our vets can start A, learning, and B, start recommending it. But you would love this story. We just uh, visited with a vet, Dr. Neil Weiner in Redding, California, and gave him, taught him everything about how it works. And he actually took my hand and said, are you telling me I never have to prescribe Apoquil again? Does anybody know what Apoquil is in this audience? If your dog's on it, take them off of it. It is terrible. A lot of these prescription medications are so taxing on our dog's livers and kidneys. They're not made usually specifically for them. It suppresses their immune system. And guess what? There's an all-natural medicine called cannabis that will take care of those issues. So really look at those pain meds and those allergy meds and all of those meds that your dog may be on. And look, pain, cannabis medicine, cannabis is the very first pain reliever, pain medicine we had out there. Colloidal silver was our first antibacterial. But they both can be found in nature, and we can't, greedy people can't make money from that. So that's why we have pharmaceuticals instead. But look at your pet's meds. Look to see if cannabis could be a great alternative. A full-spectrum product with just that 0.3% THC does well. But if you have a sicker dog, there are doctors and vets in California. Dr. Gary Richter has got a whole book on it. You can contact him or his office. Uh, websites, I know our website has so much information, but 
this is very special for a vet to actually go out and not only learn it, but then travel and educate. Because if we don't educate it, it's never going to become legal where pets are never going to be able to get the medicine they need, and that's ridiculous to me. Do you guys have questions about your own pets that you'd like to ask us while you've got three experts up here? Great. Dina? There she is. Dina here has a microphone. So I have a question. Um, so, you know, because all of us are kind of self-prescribing for our own dogs when we go out. I mean, and I maybe do a tincture. Can I share that with my dog? Is there something you would suggest? Don't ever do this when it comes to it. That's a great question. So she asked, can she give her human product to her dog? So in 2016, when I found out that my dogs could benefit from the medicine, I went to go find a product and there was no pet product. The reason that we make pet products different than human products is a lot of time human products have ingredients that are not good for our pets. Pets don't care about whether it tastes good or sweet or even that it tastes like bacon or cheddar. It's medicine. It's this presentation of the USA CBD Conference is brought to you by IndustryPods.com in conjunction with Immortal, a well-being beverage company, bringing you Immortal Nitro Super Coffee and now Immortal Super Immunity Shot with Hemp Extra. All is well at Immortal.com. That's I-M-M-O-R-D-L.com. All right. How you guys doing this afternoon? You good? My man, I thought you'd bring more than that. You good? You guys over here, you good? My red shirt friend, you good? Let's rock. Uh, welcome. We're excited that you guys are here for day two. USA CBD Expo continues here in Las Vegas. Uh, there's some cool announcements I want to make because there's actually uh, some booths trying to hook you up, some companies trying to get you some goodies. Uh, our friends at WEMP, the exciting smart vending company, running a contest to give away one new machine to one lucky business. You got a business card, drop it in at booth 442 for your shot to win. Now, if you look to your left, there's a bed right there. That's a ZBD bed. It's the world's first CBD-infused mattress, and they're giving away a queen-size mattress valued at $1,200. Stop by the booth. It's 305. Find out how you can win that. Uh, as we move on, you're learning a ton at the main stage, and that's going to continue uh, with our friends covering all things CBD and your furry friends. This panel includes Bob Allen. He's the president of U.S. operations at Celtic Wind Crops. Uh, also, Zach Pilosoff, president at Human Excelsior, and Angela Ordolino is the founder and CEO at CBD Dog Health. Welcome to the stage, guys. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. I'm assuming that many of you here in the audience know a lot about CBD, and you want to learn a little bit about how it can help your pet. Am I right? Yes? Raise your hand. Yep. Okay, good. Well, we're here to tell you everything you need to know about CBD and your pets. Um, my name is Angela Ardolino. I discovered the medicine in 2015 for myself when I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and didn't want to take the prescription meds that cause lymphoma. And that's when I found the medicine 
and it completely changed my life. Not only did my joint pain go away, my stress and anxiety went down, and I knew that I needed to be involved in this industry. I then went to the University of Vermont School of Medicine, who had an inaugural program, which I was invited to attend, and learned everything you could possibly imagine about the cannabis plant, including its therapeutic uses and biology. That's where I found out that animals have the same system as we do, and I already own a rescue farm and a retail uh, dog boarding daycare business and grooming. So I knew that this was my two passions that I could bring together, cannabis and dogs. And I started in 2016, I went to look for a product for my pets and one didn't exist. So I created one, but more than anything, I'm an educator with these other two fine people right here. And we are going to tell you a little bit about the medicine. I guess we're gonna share this microphone right here. And we're gonna tell you a little bit about how it works in animals, why it works in animals, some of the benefits, um, some of the things that it's been proven to already help our pets with, like seizures, cancer, arthritic pain, hip dysplasia, just about anything that you can possibly think of. So I'm gonna come over here and join the table with my other experts and continue. Hello. Ooh, I like that one better. I don't have to bend over. Um, so, as I just said, animals have the same system as we do called the endocannabinoid system. The good thing about dogs, which I'm going to assume that most of you are here for your dogs. Raise your hand if you have a dog. Cool. And a cat? Pig? Chickens? It works on every animal, just like it does on us. But dogs have twice to, they don't even know how, but they have so many more receptors than we do, the medicine works really well. They're so sensitive to it. So a full spectrum product with that little 0.3% THC works wonders on animals. I have stopped seizures and geriatric dogs. I've had paralyzed dogs get up and walk again. I just saved my first donkey who was gonna be put down because of colic, ran over and got the dog tincture. It was my neighbor's donkey, put it on the lips, uh, on its gums, up in eight hours, poop, back to normal. So this medicine works just as well on our beloved animals as it does on us. Dogs have three layers of skin. They have both CB1 and CB2 receptors in each layer of skin. That means you put on a full-spectrum nano-emulsified product, salve, on a tumor or a bump or a lump or an irritation, and it will get rid of it. I've done it hundreds of times. I've gotten rid of grapefruit-sized tumors on labs tests, mast cell tumors on their backs. I watched one die in two months right in front of my face. It was disgusting. It oozed. I watched it. You put it on a a papilloma tumor, and it looks like you've burned it. You'll start seeing it turn black and die right in front of your face. And this is just a full-spectrum hemp product. It's amazing. Um, I don't want to keep on talking. I want to... This man right here is doing wonderful things in industrial hemp and making um, products out of it, like dog beds, 
Um, at my shop, we sell leashes, harnesses, dog beds. Uh, you'll see there's mattresses here. And the benefits of those, I wanted you to talk a little bit about that. Okay, thank you, Angela. Um, as Angela mentioned, you know, everyone is here, and the main thing they want to hear about is CBD. However, when you look at if you're growing industrial hemp, there is a vast use for the, the entire plant. Our company is 100% sustainable. Uh, this past year, we took 1,640 ton of carbon out of the atmosphere with our crop. And we use the, um, the stock for the fibers for bedding, human and animal. And the benefit with that is that it, it absorbs the moisture and it's hypoallergenic. And you know we provide the bedding for some very prominent people for their horses in the UK. And we're also working with a zoo in the United States to provide bedding for their great gorillas because they tend to have allergic reactions to straw and, and the other type of bedding that they provide in zoos. So they're looking uh, to try our, our hemp uh, stock. And you know the, the other benefits of it is from an uh, environmental perspective is that the, the herd of the stock can also be used for hempcrete to create walls in housing, countertops, and it probably will be a replacement for plastic in the future, which I think everyone will agree is good news. Um, so, you know, we're very proud of the fact that, you know, our, our plants are the type of species that grow 12 feet tall so that we're able to not only produce CBD, but also provide the bedding and the hempcrete uh, to, to help with uh, animals and the environment. And hemp is um, naturally antifungal, antibacterial. So I live in Florida and I'm on a lake. So my dogs, I don't know, you know what a stinky collar smells like. It's disgusting. When it's a hemp collar, it does not smell. It never deteriorates. You have it for a lifetime. So all these, you guys would be surprised how many dogs are allergic to nylon. And that's what most leashes and harnesses are made out of. So making hemp products, for instance, we have a carrier, you'll see Blanche right here in her sling. That's a hemp denim. It was so hard to find a hemp product, but I knew if I get that and she slobbers or she's dirty, it's not gonna stink if it gets wet, if something happens. So not only is it an unbelievable medicine, but it's also the most unbelievable fiber also. Yes, it is. And as you mentioned about the, the endocannabinoid system, the, the e ECS actually um, it creates a homeostasis for the, the body, okay, and it, through a network of receptors, okay, most notably in the, the um, immune system and central nervous system. The, the two receptors, the CB1, is primarily found in the brain and in the central nervous system system, but it's also found in blood vessels, in the, um, uh, um, everywhere. No, it's <laughs> everywhere. No, but the, the, the blood vessels, digestive tract, and in the reproductive organs. And it's also the most abundant receptor in the body. The other receptor is the CB2 receptor. And that receptor is mostly found in the immune cells but is also found in the digestive tract, in um, the uh, muscles, 
and in the brainstem, okay? And they work, the, the cannabinoids work like a, with the uh, receptors, like a lock and key, okay? So they, they need each other. And, you know, the CBD doesn't bind directly to the receptors, but it activates um, the receptors to, to work to help create the balance in the body with, with things such as pain suppression, inflammation, temperature. Uh, so, you know, the, the CBD is becoming a, a huge benefit for humans and pets. And as Angela said, dogs have the most receptors in their brain of any animal, including humans. I, we just, I was in an event last night and I met a man who treated his two-year-old dog um, with uh, Rich Simpson oil, RSO, for bone cancer. And he had six months to live and it's been a year and a half. So dogs react to this medicine so well. It is amazing, it is a lifesaver. I'm the crazy cannabis lady in Florida where all the vets or the clients who aren't ready to give up on their pet, they send them over to me and I have nothing to lose and I literally take them off all their prescription meds, I wean them, and then I do a full cannabis, um, I just, everything I treat them, whether it's a tumor, whether it's seizures, and I have cured every single dog. I've improved, I've watched dogs go from having complete dementia you know, getting lost in corners and barking to making eye contact. We start calling them Benjamin Button because you can literally see them start running again, start playing again, becoming puppy-like. And you can see they're not in pain. And when you get, we all know what it feels like to be in pain. And when that pain goes away, everything else goes, goes back to normal. So just like he said, it's responsible for bringing our body to homeostasis so that our body can heal itself. Do we have to make some changes? If you had a dog with pancreatitis or some sort of disease and we bring them back to normal, we still have to see what actually caused that pancreatitis. So you may have to do a diet change or add a, additional supplements into your dog's diet, but it will save your dog's life. And we have a vet sitting next to us here who is an expert and has been using the medicine. How long have you been using the medicine now? Yeah, so... <clears throat> So, uh, you know, the first thing to, to really harp on is basically why am I sitting here at a table uh, in front of a large group of people and not sitting with any one of you in my practice uh, is because of just the fact of what you just mentioned is that right now, uh, passively frustrating in this industry to be a veterinarian because the overlying agencies in which give you the license to you know, help creatures and to assist in creating quality of life at a maximal level throughout the entire period of their existence is the same entity right now which is limiting exactly my ability to do what I want to do with the medicine that we know subjectively is working across the entire world. And so, you know, to hear something like that, it's, there's a two-sided approach. Number one, it's encouraging as a veterinarian that's practicing right now to hear something like that and get excited that we have these anecdotal reports of hundreds of thousands that I hear every single day that I wish I could do something about more than I can, but at the same time, it continues to solidify the fact that what my abilities are as a practicing veterinarian in my practice specifically is still limited. 
And so these opportunities today, tomorrow, and in the future where we can talk about this and we can work together with ideas where you know, Andrew is working outside of the veterinary field to do what the veterinarian should be able to do can help them promote evolution in my industry as well. And while we're in that transition period, essentially what it does is it gives opportunity for collaboration, like I said, to be able to work with results that you're seeing and then take on the fact of combining Western and, and then alternative-based, complementary-based medicine to create a global medicine approach that we are hopefully going to be able to take full advantage of in the future. But to answer your question, no, right now, at least unless you're in the state of California, the ability to do anything beyond discussing the benefits and potential uses of cannabis in a really applicable form is limited for every veterinarian out there. And I'm sure that there are a lot of examples of people going to their veterinarian and looking for guidance and for help to see where can something where they're hearing subjective reports from maybe their neighbors or they're hearing it in a magazine, they're hearing it from someone who is a specialist in the application of cannabis that's not a veterinarian looking for specific guidance as well from someone in the medical field. But right now, that is not an opportunity we have at hand. And so we need to work strategically and smartly to go to answer that question in terms of what can I say and what can I not say to help everyone out there really benefit the use of cannabis for both themselves and for their pets. And so, you know, it's hard to answer that question because objectively as a veterinarian, I have not used it once, but subjectively in terms of helping people on a neutral platform as a endocannabinoid physiology specialist that talks to them on a, you know, on the side of the street, at a barbecue, et cetera, that's a completely different environment. And I can say what I want there and help out and guide. But when it comes to actually being your veterinarian, I'm still extremely limited in every single aspect of the use of cannabis. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's hard not to get passionate about that in the moment. It's a force that we have to use in order to drive ourselves for evolution in this space specifically. But when we see all these companies that are making pet products and we're seeing people say, I use this product and it works, it's just a guiding force to say that in the future, potentially, I can say as well that I'm using the medicine myself to help clients, to help patients, to help quality of life, to help the human-animal bond and go forth from there in the future. This is a very special vet because veterinarians are not taught about the endocannabinoid system. It does not exist. They don't even get taught about it. So when a vet goes outside and educates him or herself, it is a big deal. So thank you very much. I'm from Florida also, and we are on a tour actually called the Healing Naturally Tour, where we've traveled all of California and Nevada interviewing vets who've been using the medicine secretly for 20 years and fought to make it um, put into law that they could actually speak about it in their practice because the California Vet Board said, you're not allowed to talk about it. So you could come in and ask your vet about it and they were not allowed to say anything. That's different now. Now they're allowed to talk about it. Next is they're, going, they're fighting to have them recommend it and then eventually be able to prescribe it. And what we're hoping for, I'm, I'm assuming you're the same way, is the products that I sell have 0.3% THC in them. You need more THC when you're dealing with major issues, and that's where vets should come in. And vets should be able to be educated and be able to recommend and prescribe a THC regimen to save your pet from something awful or painful like bone cancer. It is extremely painful. So we actually just met with two vets that fought to get that um, law put into place here in California and are going to actually take the blueprint and bring it to states like Florida and New York or other medical states so that our vets can start A, learning, and B, start recommending it. 
but you would love this story. We just uh, visited with a vet, Dr. Neil Weiner in Redding, California, and gave him, taught him everything about how it works. And he actually took my hand and said, are you telling me I never have to prescribe Apoquil again? Does anybody know what Apoquil is in this audience? If your dog's on it, take them off of it. It is terrible. A lot of these prescription medications are so taxing on our dogs' livers and kidneys. They're not made usually specifically for them. It suppresses their immune system. And guess what? There's an all-natural medicine called cannabis that will take care of those issues. So really look at those pain meds and those allergy meds and all of those meds that your dog may be on. And look, pain Cannabis medicine, cannabis is the very first pain reliever, pain medicine we had out there. Colloidal silver was our first antibacterial, but they both can be found in nature and we can't, greedy people can't make money from that. So that's why we have pharmaceuticals instead. But look at your pet's meds, look to see if cannabis could be a great alternative. A full spectrum product with just that 0.3% THC does well, but if you have a sicker dog, there are doctors and vets in California. Dr. Gary Richter has got a whole book on it. You can contact him or his office. Uh, websites, I know our website has so much information, but this is very special for a vet to actually go out and not only learn it, but then travel and educate. Because if we don't educate it, it's never going to become legal where pets are never gonna be able to get the medicine they need, and that's ridiculous to me. Do you guys have questions about your own pets that you'd like to ask us while you've got three experts up here? Great. Dina, there she is. Dina here has a microphone. So I have a question. Um, so, you know, cause all of us are kind of self prescribing for our own dogs when we go out. I mean, and I maybe do a tincture, can I share that with my dog? Is there something you would suggest, don't ever do this when it that's comes a, to it? That's a great question. So she asked, can she give her human product to her dog? So in 2016, when I found out that my dogs could benefit from the medicine, I went to go find a product and there was no pet product. The reason that we make pet products different than human products is a lot of time human products have ingredients that are not good for our pets. Pets don't care about whether it tastes good or sweet or even that it tastes like bacon or cheddar. It's medicine. It shouldn't taste like bacon or cheddar. So the answer is most likely not. Um, dogs are also a lot more sensitive to THC, so you want to make sure it's not going to hurt them. It's not going to kill them. No animal has ever died from cannabis consumption ever. None. They actually did a research study one time to see how much THC would kill someone. They did it on rats, beagles, and chimpanzees. How much did they give them, Carter? 3,000 milligrams of THC. They're trying to kill, see how much it would take to kill them. Two rats died from aspiration when you pass out, choke on your throw up. No beagles, no chimpanzees died. The chimpanzees actually started to metabolize it in their liver and brought themselves back to normal. So it, is, it has already been proven. All of this research that's been out there doing, that they have on humans, a lot of times, guess what? They're testing it on animals. So when people go, there's no research, 
Well, when they would say it years ago, I'd go, well, there kind of is. And now there is research on pets. It has already been proven by CSU that it is safe for our pets. They've already been proven by Cornell that you, it is effective on seizures. I have stopped seizures, grandma seizures. I've done it all, and I'm not a vet. I'm just a medical cannabis expert who loves my animals and believes that they should not suffer just like we shouldn't suffer. Everybody in this room, if you're a senior, you have a senior pet, everybody should be on a full spectrum um, regimen because none of us need to feel these aches and pains. They suck. That answer your question? Good. <laughs> the one thing I would add though to that is if you're going to go out and, and find CBD for your pet, just like you would for yourself, do your homework on the products. You know, make sure that they are being tested independently and you're getting, you know, safe product with the CBD levels that they say that are on there. You know, our company, we do a double testing. We do, we have an IOS um, accredited lab in Ireland, and we also use two in the States to verify the same batch just to make sure we're getting the same ingredients because it's just as important for your pet as it is for you. And just like you find a little QR code on a human product that takes you directly to the certificate of analysis, same thing should be on the pet product to show you that none of those awful pesticides, metals, none of that's in there, and that it actually has a full spectrum um, oil tincture inside it. So just like you do for the humans, human stuff and check the COA, you do the same thing for pet products. Any Great. other questions? Sure, thanks. Uh, do you have a dosage calculator for dogs? I'm sorry, I can't understand. A dosage d calculator? Great. Great question. Do you want to talk about dosing? So uh, right now, at least, dosing is probably one of the harder questions to answer. Number one, in general, in cannabis, because when you have an ailment or something that's going to respond to cannabis, as we've seen with a lot of people, it's a subjective individual basis. So before you talk about dosing, you have to really start to decide what exactly am I treating, why am I going to treat it with cannabis, what hasn't worked already, what other medications am I already on, etc. There's a million questions that come before we can actually start talking about dosing, just like you would if you were in a, in a veterinary practice. So if I have a patient that comes to me and you know it's an older animal, we want to treat for chronic pain for arthritis, that's great, but what else has that animal lived through already? What's their quality of life in general? What's the environment like at home, etc.? Those are the questions we have to start asking first before we just say, I know I can go to a vape shop and buy CBD, what's the dose? And it's, it's, it's unfortunate because it's, a, it's this multimodal powerful medicine that we are every single day proving more and more that it's gonna work as soon as we continue to work forward and finding out just exactly those questions like what's the dose for this certain condition? The best guidance I can say right now is number one, as Andrew said, there is not one study out there, if we do our third-party laboratory testing and we do all of our QAQC, CGMP as an independent owner of an animal, quality control, regulation, um, education on our own, and we look forward and we look at all those things, then we can go forth with saying, okay, now that I know that the safety profile is there, in order to find the efficacy for my certain pet, we can go low and slow and start off with a certain amount that you know is a generic amount and the numbers that we have right now, in, our, in terms of what we're looking for that number, sure, we have a few studies that suggest numbers such as two mgs per kg, two and a half milligrams per kilogram, which would essentially you know, be divided by pounds by half. But those are, those are experimental numbers. We have you know, dozens of 
papers. But in terms of what the human aspect is showing, where there's hundreds of thousands with hundreds of thousands of subjects in them, we're just on the forefront of understanding what is the correct dose. So when I'm in a position like this where you know, we've gone through the due diligence of understanding what is the pre-existing conditions, what have we already been treated for, what have we tried, what have we failed, what else are we treating at the same time that we don't look to address with the canvas, then after that we can decide where do we start. And so, like I said, we have those numbers, we have these generic numbers that we use experimentally, but again, real life is not experiments. Real life is multimodal and diverse. So the best recommendation you can make is, sure, there's nothing to be scared about in terms of starting low and slow if we've done our due diligence on the safety profile. And then we can work and titrate up effectively, finding out for the certain condition what works for my certain pet. And then once we're at a certain period in which we see the effects, then we say that's what's right for my pet. And that's, where, that's the best guidance I can give in that situation. You'll see um, a lot of products that dose by weight, and that's bullshit. Just bullshit. It's an easy way to, because everybody wants to know how much. So at first, I was like, okay, I guess everybody's putting the fear of THC out there. So everybody wanted to know what the dosage was because they didn't want their dogs to overdose on THC. You can get rid of that fear. But you also have to realize if we're doing seizures or cancers or something, you need to really dose them a lot higher. So what is your dog suffering from? Thyroid. So I immediately ask, what are they eating? How old are they? And then I could make a recommendation. But everything from research shows to stop seizures, it takes anywhere from 37 milligrams to 100 milligrams. One of my favorite stories is my two, I have two, a Doberman and a miniature Schnauzer. The miniature Schnauzer is nine pounds, 12 years old. The Doberman is seven years old and 60 pounds, and when a thunderstorm rolls in, I give, the Doberman comes and asks for it, shake the bottle, she loves it, I, about a quarter of a dropper, which is about uh, five milligrams of full spectrum. The Schnauzer takes two full droppers, which is 18 milligrams, and 20 minutes. The Doberman immediately sits down and relax. It takes 20 minutes for my Schnauzer to relax. So we like to say if it's for anxiety, fear, or stress, give them anywhere from five to uh, seven milligrams, wait 20 minutes. If they are not completely calm, give them more. If it's joint pain or uh, arthritis, hip dysplasia, and they're not a senior or geriatric dog, same thing. You can start with about five to nine milligrams, and the way you're gonna see them not be in pain is you're gonna see them up and running and being more playful. When you're talking about serious disease and they're geriatric dogs, dogs are seniors starting at eight years old. So my 12-year-old's now a geriatric. Picture that your endocannabinoid system has deficiencies in it. And the older you get, the more deficiencies you get. So of course you're gonna need more medicine to fill those deficiencies. So I, how you would have to work with your vet because of course the only way to know that it's working on that is to take, take them back and have them tested. And people use cannabis medicine and go back to their vets all the time, and the vet goes, what'd you do? And that's your opportunity to educate a little bit, educate them a little bit. Any other questions? I just want to, I want to add one more thing to that, actually, quickly. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so, and just, you know, it's, 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 scary. it's scary for all of you out there because this is something that's new for, for us to have to consider in the general community. But if, 
for doctors in the back end of this who should be the ones given the responsibility so that you don't have to make the decision. If, for example, you came into me for the same exact reason, I only had a certain number of medicines that were available to me, I would be doing that calculation in my head the same way that you have to do in your head. So a great example, like you said, is, is seizure activity. So there's four or five medications that can be used for seizures right now that are pharmaceutically approved, right? If I have a dog that's 10 years old versus a dog that's two years old, the metabolic breakdown is different, so the dose is gonna be different. The same exact processes that I have to do every day, for example, through if I'm an ER or general practice doctor that I'm seeing you every single day, are the, just the things that now we have to hand off the responsibility to you until the regulations come around. And that's a scary thing, don't get me wrong, it's extremely scary. The difference though that we can always fall back on is that with the medications that I have to make decisions on, I have to worry about toxicity profiles, and I have to worry about not giving enough in terms of controlling it. The benefits of CBD, at least so far, until they show me otherwise, is that although you have to right now self-medicate your pets, going low and slow and working to titrate up and finding that dose, you have nothing to worry about. So you don't have to worry about toxicity profiles. You don't have to worry about giving too much. You don't have to worry about what's gonna happen if I don't give it up as soon as you find that right dose. Once you find that dose that's right for the current, the right condition, then that's what you stick with. But there's no reason to be scared because you don't have to worry about toxicity like I do with the other medications. Any other questions? And then we had one over here. Okay, she wants to know. You have good <laughs> You have a good speaking voice. She wants you to ask for her. Uh, so a dog, half husky, half German Hold it a little closer. Oh, half husky, half German Shepherd, 100 pounds. Every season, about April, June, just rips his hair out in a particular, in, and allergies. And they're always saying, do steroids. And we like, no, you know. But what would you recommend for something like that? Where it's seasonal. Probably, you have more of the application side. Um, allergy, an allergic reaction is inflammation. So CBD is number one. Full spectrum uh, tincture with CBD in it, good amount, is going to get rid of inflammation and help with allergies. So when a, someone comes to me with um, an allergy, I always look at what they're using on their pet. Um, have they, are they using the flea and tick? Uh, do they have a nylon collar? That was one of my biggest. I could not figure out what was wrong with one boxer. Her whole neck all down here, and then I figured it out. Um, so if it's not environmental, or actually it sounds like it's environmental, it will help. Um, I've had, you know, Frenchies that are two years old that just have bad genetics, and it helps them. I've taken lots of dogs off Apoquil um, with using a CBD regimen also. But... You can support them with diet and other supplements also. So CBD, you can add a great pre and probiotic. Um, we love Adored Beast Apothecary makes an all-natural called Phytos Flora. It's the only that has two canine-specific bacteria. And then look at the food. And remember, just like us, when they get older, they, we suddenly can't tolerate certain foods. The same thing happens with them. So I hear people all the time go, but I've been feeding them this food for 10 years. Well, that food has something in it that they do not like, and that's not good for them, so you may need to change it. So does that answer your question? Works great on allergies. Yes, wonderful on allergies. It, but it depends on what the allergies are. What are some phenotypes or... Uh 
what, what are pheno, sorry, phenotype speci uh, specific for dogs or small pets that people should grow or that, that are really good uh, at helping and ailment pets? You, so what should you grow? Yeah, what should you grow? Grow a, a high CBD, low THC cannabis plant. But like Abacus, Trump OG, like... Oh, you mean like I, a yeah, name names. of a yeah, strain? Yeah, phenotypes, yeah. What strains? Oh, I'm going to tell you that what I grow, but... <laughs> so you won't... But yes, okay. you, absolute, you absolutely... I mean, are you a, a cultivator? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is... Anything that's a high CBD, low THC, you know, that's defined by the United States government to be hemp because it has the 0.3%, but it's just what Charlotte's Web did. They okay. just, you know, created a strain that was high in CBD and low in THC, and that is what's best for our pets. So maybe it's it's less about what strain that was used. It was just that whatever it was, it was high CBD, strains and it was very, it was yeah. a good... Strains was a, don't well. exist anymore. Okay. It's all about making and growing the plant that you want. Do you want it to be high in this? Do you want it to be high in that? You just have to remember that THC are the two majors. So if you have more THC, you have less CBD. And if you have more CBD, you have less THC. Yep. And because they're so, pets are so sensitive to the THC, that's why we want to stay on the CBD spectrum high. But they need a little bit of that THC to have what you've probably heard of, the entourage effect. When everything is working together, the terpenes, the flavonoids, everything works together to make the medicine work. It, for instance, in my uh, tinctures, I include other plant medicinal properties from like lavender and frankincense and turmeric because they have a lot of the same compounds that cannabis has, a lot of the same terpenes that actually help the medicine work better, be absorbed, bind to the receptors. So it's just another fabulous plant. It's to me, the most essential of essential oils is the cannabis plant, but it's just another plant. And to grow a, a medicine for pets, it needs to be high on the CBD side. Okay. What about CBG or CBN? Absolutely. I mean, those are, that's the future. Okay. Um, so yes, whatever you decide you want your profile of your major cannabinoids, you can do that now. It's just, you gotta find a good cultivator who can get you the seeds and grow it. There's a lot of them in Colorado. So I've heard. <laughs> I think we have like one more question, if anybody. Yes, over here. Uh, so I have an 11 year old Husky mix. Um, he's got hyperthyroidism. So we're treating him with uh, Levoxin, I think it's called. And then we have him on anti-inflammatory because he has fatty tumors. One of the tumors is under his left arm and is preventing him from freedom of movement. And after long hikes or even short hikes now. I can hold a little closer and hear the last part. Oh, after long hikes, he's really, really exhausted and limping a lot. So we've decided to use a inexpensive um, anti-inflammatory from the vet. And um, now we're trying to see how that works and it's working. Is the mass is getting smaller, he has more freedom of mobility, but we're testing him, his liver and everything like that. What is it that you're using? I can't specifically say, it's, but it's like Malox. It's Malox a prescription med? Yeah. So cannabis has the same effects um, as the prescription med. I don't know, do you know what prescription med he's talking about? That's for shrinking tumors? For shrinking tumors, you said? Yeah, like a fatty tumor. Um, is it a chemotherapeutic agent? No, it's, uh, no, it's not. It's not. It's not carcinogenic. Is it an over-the-counter? No. Huh. 
So like meloxicam or methocarbamol, right. which are more expensive, right. it's an inexp more inexpensive version of that, but has more harder effects on the kidney. So we've been doing testing, and we're not going for another three months. My question is, what do you know about treating or reducing fatty tumors in cannabis? I mean, I, CBD. I've treated so many. Tumors are my favorite to get rid of. Usually so, I do a, well, every pet, of course, is different if it's a geriatric dog, a young dog. But most of them are geriatric dogs, um, and I do about 50 milligrams of full spectrum a day right onto the, uh, the tincture, right onto their lips. I mean, gums for quick absorption right into the bloodstream. And then I do a salve on the tumors also. So I do it from the outside and the inside. And my biggest success story is uh, two months that I got rid of a MCT that was like attached to the spine. Two months later, you kind of see it now. I can't even tell where it was. I like go through, she had no hair, it was hard, everything. And it's completely gone. This dog is now trying to jump up on the couch. It didn't walk before. They literally, it's like Benjamin Button it, it, when they go backwards. So, I mean, I'm just a big advocate for going the natural way when you can. Um, and if you're working with your vet, talk to your vet about it. If not, you're gonna have to research it yourself. But that's what I did. And you're, you can go to our website, cbddoghealth.com to see other um, case studies, research studies, and success stories that we've had. And we also have a Facebook group, if you're on there, where other people are kind of doing the same thing you are, taking them off on one thing, taking cannabis, and talking about what worked for them, just to kind of share stories. But that's what I do. But I have the confidence, because I've been doing it for four years. And anything. I, my chicken has a problem, I give them CBD oil. My pig has a problem, I give them a CBD oil. Anybody does. So it's, it's a remarkable medicine, and I would absolutely add it, if anything, add it to your regimen if you don't feel comfortable taking them off the prescription med. Finally, um, we have, uh, he has wart on his uh, paw. It'll go. Yeah, so we, she made a tincture using botanicals, um, and it's working. It's yep. reducing it. It's reducing the color. Awesome. It was bleeding before, but we haven't added CBD to it. Do you think that is something that would be more effective? Uh, the tincture's working right now, but... Good. If we were to add CBD to it, do you, have you had any experience with dealing with those types of things? I didn't hear the last part. Any experience with dealing with warts and CBD and tinctures? We already have a tincture that we're using that is working, but do you think the addition of CBD to that would assist in reducing the size of the wart? Yeah, it'll, it'll get rid of it. You, you just It's a matter if it's if it's a lower milligram, it's going to take a little bit longer than if it was a higher milligram. Are there any other questions? We'll, we'll be here. We're coming off the stage. If you want to talk to any of us about anything that we talked about or your pet, we're here. Thank you so much. And yay, cannabis medicine. This podcast was produced and presented by Industry Pods in conjunction with the USA CBD Conference in cooperation with Immortal, a well-being company. Any unauthorized use is strictly prohibited. Any and all trademarks are the property of their respective owners. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.